0: Daunt my sexy, ooh, mental health intellectual confidant. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and I'm so oh, oh, excited for this week's guest. He is a certified sex therapist that's right an individual a licensed individual and relationship psychotherapist who specializes in relationships and sex he is stacked listen to these degrees a bachelor's degree in cultural psychology from new york university honey we know that ain't cheap and a master's degree in mental health counseling from the university of miami a fellow sort of floridian and i know him as uh, the viral therapeutic therapist on Instagram I'm so excited to introduce Todd Barrett thanks so much for joining
1: hi Kelsey thank you for having me I don't know if I can really meet all of them but but I'm excited to be here very
0: early Uh, I'm so jazzed to have you on you I mentioned offline you are a friend of our friend of the pod Zach Nui Towers Mm -hmm. and before we get into all of the juicy therapy goodness I want to ask how do you come up with your viral Instagram posts on your d- diagnosis, am I saying that right? Diagnosis. Di- diagnosis. Just so, like, nonsense. Like, what is like the story? life is nonsense. What high that? It's
1: nonsense. Um, I go. mean, it's basically all about me because I'm so self involved. <laughs> um, so, it's all of the things I experience. No, um, no, no, no. Um, it's about me. It's about my clients. <laughs> it's about, I don't know, um, something I see on TV. Um, it's not a mystery. Mm. I think it's just a lot of the things that we're all going through. Um, so everything I post is something that I've been through. I've talked about in therapy. I talk about with a client, um, I hate in the world, <laughs> um, <laughs> all of that.
0: There's a lot to choose from.
1: There's a lot right to now. choose from when it comes to hatefulness. Yeah. But I have to yeah. I try to keep it under control.
0: And I yeah. love like, dare I say the aesthetic, like you bring a very dare you large aesthetic to a therapeutic conversation, which I feel like is important to make it not sound so sciencey and scary
1: thanks yeah i mean i am not a graphic designer but um (laughs) i want i like the shit that we go through to see it in black and white is so um boring so i don't know i like color even though everything i wear is not colorful and i don't like color (laughs) in my decor but if i'm looking at something i want to see vibrant colors and Um, Mm -hmm. fun fonts, um, even though I'm getting sick of my graphics. But anyway, yeah, thank you.
0: Well, we love them. Um, I want to know what made you want to work in sexual wellness therapy in general? How does one get there? Um,
1: Well, it's been my whole (laughs) sexual career, Um, (laughs) professionally and personally. Uh, No, I mean, I've been in therapy forever and my my therapist who I still see today, uh, he's a sex therapist and um it's just it's always been a part of my therapy so i just thought mm. that that's what everybody talks about everybody just talks about <laughs> sex in or out of therapy and then and this is starting when i was like 13 um wow. and then i quickly realized that you know in the 90s people are not talking about sex i wasn't Name. 13 in the 90s when was i 13 i'm pretty <laughs> we're, we're gonna i'm not just doing math it. right now
0: we don't we forget don't, we can, it um, we we're not doing the math it was at
1: some point In this culture where we were not really talking about sex, being queer was, you know, not so trendy and chic, um, not like it really is now. But, um, but so (laughs) I talked about that in therapy and it was just really helpful for me because I was having sexual Mm. issues. Um, I would get anxious. I'd get performance anxiety, couldn't get hard, couldn't get off, was doing tons of Mm. drugs, which also wasn't helping. Um, Mm. so then as I got older and started working in school, um, or studying in school, still no topic. And discussion about sex um went to grad school for wow. therapy still know there was one class on sexuality and it covered sexuality sex and like multicultural it was like all one class and i was like what? no um so it was just became very apparent to me that when i started working like sex would be something that i would be talking about all the time with my clients um so yeah. that's what i did and then i there was a certification process which i did which i don't not, not regret just because there's a lot of hoop jumping and um i knew a lot of the information already um but um yeah and so that's what i do and so the clients that i see i see individuals and couples now um and some of them are coming in for purely sexual issues but most people are coming in about sexual relational issues because that's really what sex mm. is, is about it's not just a, a wow. genital inserting right. into a space it's about <laughs> you know the reality that in the context that um, happens when we're getting naked. Um, yeah. so that's relational, wow. emotional, and psychological. So, um, when I'm seeing a client, you know, it's really about much more than sex. Everyone's always mm. like, what's the, like the dirtiest thing you've ever, heard? I'm like, we talk about anxiety, like, <laughs> that's like, it's like really not that like, what's the craziest uh, thing you've ever heard. I'm like, uh, I don't know. What? Someone got scared. They weren't going to come <laughs> <laughs> it's really like that's human sad. relational stuff. Yeah. Um, So long story short, that's my journey. It's
0: a huge misconception, I think, for people. I mean, okay, I have a million questions based on what you said. I identify queer, bisexual. I'm in an open relationship, very non-traditional, and Mm -hmm. saw a sex therapist for a long time and am laughing. Uh, It gets kind of dark and sad, but she was actually murdered. Her name was Dr. Amy. She was in Los Angeles and she was murdered I really was not
1: expecting you I know
0: I am so sorry she was murdered uh, by her ex-boyfriend that Uh, she had a restraining order against. it was all over the news she's kind of like a celeb sex therapist too she like dated um Drew Carey at one point but she was kind of like iconic yeah in the BDSM scene so like when people are like well why would you stop I'm like
1: uh, she no! was killed. Oh my she God. She
0: was murdered. Um, but That's I awful. learned so much in that time and, and I'm laughing because it really was ever very rarely about the physical act of sex. It yeah, was no, exactly. so much, almost more cutting and deeper into the emotional stuff than some regular say CBT therapy I had done, oh, um, in no. the past. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to rewind just a little bit, like, right and talk about the lack of education that comes with uh, sex therapy in getting degrees. Like you are stacked, honey. Those schools you went to are very well respected. Like I know you put a lot of effort and time into school, but thank what you. are we expected to do as people who maybe are wanting to get into the sexual wellness? Like, where do we learn? Where are we supposed to get any of the education from? Um.
1: Well, I mean, specific trainings are really limited in general because they're geared mm. towards training for a specific thing so um mm. like mental health That's or marriage right. isn't really going to incorporate sex into it just like mm. it's going to be a lot of that training is geared towards diagnosis and all of that shit so right. you know we kind of have to do our own work um which you know ideally we would just go to elementary school and like the learning about relationships, sex and life and taxes and stuff would start then But you know <laughs> we just like Left to figure it all out on our None own, but that. we must learn algebra for sure. Um, <laughs> solve for x. Um, but yeah, books um, for therapists. There is a ton of different trainings now. I think it's probably it's much different. I have friends that are in grad programs that have like entire programs on queer sex, and I'm like, when the fuck was this when I needed it? Um right. <clears throat> So I just did that all on my own. Um, but now there yeah. are books coming out left and right that are really wonderful books. Um, you know, we were just mm-hmm. talking about Jen's book. Um, yeah jen winston um yeah great book there are tons of books about sexuality um expansive diverse really great educational books um yeah but that's the the sucky thing is that it's kind of you know all of the ways in which we deal with sexual anxieties they're created in in every context so even Mm -hmm. a lack of education and having to do the work ourselves like that's a communication that we shouldn't do these things right so we have to really even work through Mm -hmm. that if if that makes sense you know the idea that we have to find out on our own and seek out information on our own is really hard especially when it comes to our body so um uh yeah books mm. courses online um like i have a sex course online many sex yes. therapists do um same with relationships so it's a lot of self-directed um mm. learning which is kind and, of shitty i really you know really wish yeah. there was like infrastructure somewhere right um in our lives that right. was required learning on how to be a human being not just for sex but And just in a, like a general kind of, okay, and what do you need to do to function? Like, this is how you survive in the world. It's kind of weird that, you know, as a culture, we really emphasize so much on work and all of this other stuff, which is necessary, but we have no outlet for relational, (laughs) sexual, social learning. It's just bizarre to me. Right.
0: No, I mean, you bring up such a good point. We've talked about it here on the podcast a lot about how, you know, we're not even close to getting the sexual wellness education in the years that it should be taught and that it should matter. Yeah. Like, we're still teaching abstinence, and there are still schools that are well, fighting to take away sex education care. as a complete whole. And if we're not going to get it in school, I mean, we're we're not even getting taxes in school, but that's a whole nother conversation. They don't want you to no. know how to do your taxes. Now I sound like- I mean, a you can't even talk
1: about taxes. Now I'm going to be very I triggered. I may not be able to- I know, this. I'm like,
0: let's go back to dicks. I let's like that.
1: Let's not talk about taxes, uh, <laughs> dicks, clits, and the rest. I
0: um, but I, I do, do you think there is a proper age to be learning about this stuff? Because I watch a lot of TikToks and i love good luck a to your child I, I know i watch a lot of like parenting TikTok. where i don't know why i don't have kids and i don't want them but i was about to say they,
1: what what, what I mean, brings I know, you to the parenting he, one
0: i know i the algorithm There's a part of you that
1: wants to be a parent
0: no, I I have cats. That's fine. Um, and one could argue parent. that I parent myself and my partner every day. Um, mm. But I see a lot of moms taking it on themselves to introduce, like, the lingo very, like, maturely to kids, like toddlers. And I'm like, do we have an age where it feels – like, coming from a sex educator, a therapist, do you feel like there is a – correct age to be doing this
1: um i mean it really depends on your kid and and what they're asking about but i mean in terms of like research so most kids will see porn when by the time they're nine Um, right so wow you know i mean kids are walking around i think kids know how to use their phones better than i do i mean like they have phones with access to porn they're talking or their older brother has a friends older brother and they go to the friends house and the older brother and they have their older brother's porn and blah um so like porn is out there sex is out there it's on TV it's everywhere so i think the sooner the better you know i think the challenge is that people really overthink it and they're like oh my god the children like oh my god you know we're going to ruin their life and it's like hello they're going to grow up and fuck so like you know <laughs> if, and they're holding a phone that has access to like naked bodies mm-hmm. they literally came out of a vagina so, like, you, you, they're going to be curious about that. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying as soon as they can walk and talk, you should sit them down and show them a whole PowerPoint about, you know, the body, pleasure, and masturbation. I mean, not no, but I mean, if we lived in a world that wasn't so sexually freaked out, it wouldn't even be mm-hmm. a thing. Like, we would just talk to kids mm-hmm. about sex, and it wouldn't be, oh, my God, you know, this is really scary. What do we do?
0: Close mm. your eyes,
1: blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, so I'll, even the question of, you know, when do we do that? You know, it's that's just based on sexual fear that you grew up learning about and probably mm-hmm. how you were shielded from looking at, I don't know, a breast or a butt or whatever on TV mm-hmm. when it came up or how you couldn't watch R rated movies or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just making assumptions about your, childhood no, development. I, you're, you're
0: <laughs> nailing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think as early as possible, start having conversations. It's Like when would you start talking to kids about food? I don't know, right away, they start eating, they have to eat to live.
0: Right. Um, that's and such a good point. Pleasurable
1: and a yeah. loaded topic now, too. But um, mm. yeah, I don't think it's too soon. What are the TikTok yeah. videos saying?
0: I, I mean, the ones that come across my for you page, they are very like pro, just saying the anatomy. Like, there's no Great. nicknames for things, and like adults, you know, do certain things that kids not can't do, but learn as they get older. And there's a lot of emphasis on like relationship and. I think, I don't know, this might be a a controversial subject, but do you believe you should be learning to have sex with people that you care about and people that care about you? Or can we be like talking about casual sex? For children? Yeah. Like, I I don't know. As a teenager, right? Like Uh, I was drilled into the idea that like you are supposed to be in love and it's supposed to be magical and special. And it was the back of a fucking pickup truck in a parking lot and it hurt and it sucked. It was awful.
1: No, no, no! Awful. Just the back of a pickup truck in a parking lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now my 31 year old self, I'm like, was that? I'm about to say,
1: um, do we know anyone that owns a pickup truck?
0: <laughs> no, I grew up in Florida. I may so. need to borrow it. Yeah. We're in Florida. Tampa.
1: Tampa, scary. Okay.
0: Yeah. Now yeah, I know my
1: recovered. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not my really life. <laughs> Miami any better? Florida's yeah, exactly. Florida. Exactly. Um, exactly. No, I actually I love Florida. Um, Um, Love-hate-it. But I mean, I wouldn't be like saying, okay, like, I don't know who Sally is.
0: (laughs) Let's make it Sally.
1: You're eight years old. Like, you know, it's really hot if you have casual sex with like Dom Top (laughs) 5 in the bathroom at a gas station. You know, but... (gasps) I mean, casual sex is sex, you know, I I mean, but yeah, no kids are really encouraged, whether it's based on religion or based on values or based on just, I don't know, whatever, horrible things, um, that sex is between two people that love each other and when they're ready and they're married and they're, um, but,
0: um,
1: no, I don't think that's something that should be taught.
0: No, I agree. It's like, you should
1: only eat food with people you love and want to spend the rest of your life with.
0: I don't I know. I just keep going back to food as an analogy. No, it, it works very well. Because it's well. so
1: destigmatized. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't even think twice about like, who would I eat dinner with? No. Obviously, sex is much more vulnerable than eating dinner. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when yeah. I say sex, I don't mean penetration of whatever. I just right. mean pleasurable interaction right. with somebody. You think you want to fuck? Um, yeah. Better than your yeah, food. So, yeah, <laughs> I think, you know, it's just because sex is so loaded um, that we're like, how do totally. we? what are we? I don't know. Is this okay? um when yes the answer is yes it's all okay but there will be people and there are which drives me fucking crazy um they're like what about rape and what about murder and what about Mm. all of these terrible things i'm like "We, i mean obviously that's not that's not good um you know i'm not endorsing just this kind of uh free-for-all but you know when Mm. it comes to sexuality um most expressions of sex that are consensual are wonderful
0: why do we not care about safety with sex when we're teens and i might be speaking too much from personal experience but like i said drilled use a condom don't get pregnant like take birth control i was put on birth control when i was 14 never used a fucking condom the guys never used a fucking condom like it was i got chlamydia from the second person i ever slept with like was never
1: yeah
0: i was like it's not that bad guys it's 10 days of pills you're fine but yeah. there were like is there is it the tabooness or are we afraid of the idea that we're being safe during sex and that means we're lame or do we like why don't why aren't we safe about it when we're young even into our 20s let's be real i'm guilty
1: i was like what i was like what is this just the young thing i didn't realize that
0: <laughs> no okay um, fair fair i started early I'll get that out
1: there. Well, I mean, even, I think the idea of safe sex, like as opposed to risky sex, like I remember when I was growing up and I was doing research in undergrad and I was researching about gay sex. It was all about risky sex. There was no Mm. pleasurable sex. There was no sexual Mm. challenges, gay men experience. It was all like risky sex, HIV and meth addiction. Um, (laughs) You know, um, but as an indirect way of Kind of getting your question. It's all about sexual fear, um, mm. and then that's again not me encouraging. You know, go have sex with five hundred people at the corner, and you know whatever. I'm not not saying that. Like, if you want to do that, I fully yeah. support you, and I think sure. it would be very impressed. Um,
0: yeah. That's a lot. But
1: um, no, it's it's sexual fear. Um, mm-hmm is why people are encouraged, you know, safe sex, safe sex, safe sex. I mean, it's also healthy. You know, we, we want to protect ourselves. But to mm-hmm. some extent, if we're going to be having sex, we're going to, it's like, if you're going to go outside, you may catch a cold. If you're going to be having sex mm-hmm. with multiple partners, you know, the chances are uh, increased that you'll get an STI. Um, but your right. question was, why do we like risky sex?
0: I, that's also part of my question is, why do we like risky sex?
1: Why do we like it? Um, I don't know. It depends upon what type of sex you're talking about. If you're talking about... Uh, sex without barriers, so without condoms or whatever, or sex with strangers, or I don't know, um, those things that are traditionally thought about as risky, um, it's really depends on the person. So some people don't like mm. using condoms cause they don't like the feel of it. They say it's right. more intimate without, they want to be bred. They want to be, you know, mm. they want to get pregnant or metaphorically or literally, right. um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it can be erotic for people. I just certainly yeah. don't like the words risky sex. I know that it's like this word, mm. people use it, um, but I don't, I don't like it because who defines what that is? Everyone's going to mm-hmm. say something different depending on their geography, sure. religion and background. Yeah. So some people might say casual sex is risky, whereas other people mm-hmm. might say it's normal. A straight person mm-hmm. might say, oh, my God, I would never hook up with two different people in, the, in a week. Um, yeah. I don't know that uh, but you know for me that's just a typical week um yeah. I'm no i'm not kidding um, Tuesday. but uh where am i going with this i don't know i, but, I was um, just following you <laughs> i don't know where i'm going i'm lost no um, it was it was
0: risky sex i i, I yeah. think you you put it nicely too is that like risky can mean a bunch of things to different people and to blanket yeah. that's kind of like ethical like, porn everyone has very right. different ethics <laughs> Right, right. Like a hundred percent. I I I wondered, you know, when you were talking about the I have to imagine there's like a caveman, cave person instinct to breed, right? Like that is what some people will argue the purpose of sex is, right? Like oh, especially that. if you grow up in church, right? It's like you are doing oh, this to procreate. Did you grow Women up in a church the, that told you
1: to procreate yes. and breed?
0: I don't think they ever said breed, but it was like, I did a purity ring ceremony. I mean, that may be where my kick started was just like, I was about to say, I think now I know the answer
1: to your question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Purity ring? Yes, it was. Was it a cute ring? It was pretty cute. Yeah, I got it from Jamaica. It was clear with little diamonds in it. That makes oh. me sound so privileged. Um, I take back everything yeah. I said. It, I, it broke like the next year, and then I started fucking like crazy when I was fifteen. So, but it wasn't it pleasurable was sex. I'll say that it took me a long time to have pleasurable sex. Um, but I want to talk about gay sex. Fuck the heteros. Yeah. We talk about them all the time. Yeah, I, I want to talk about like where do we? I'm going to ask this like I'm a like I'm an old white Republican church going lady. Like, oh, I love that character. Is, yeah like put on my full karen mask like please what, like how did gay sex start if the purpose of sex is to procreate like wh- when did we take this turn into pleasuredom and like self-fulfillment like well wh- how did that happen end scene that character is very that horrible. was great i mean you should really Thank think you. about
1: bringing that character to life full <laughs> time
0: that um, on stage.
1: yeah um <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just whenever I hear values like that, I just I get so shocked by just the mm. the the wildness of it. I don't know. Um I also mm. don't really ever talk to people who have values like that, so I I don't even know. Maybe clients'
0: um, parents or something, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, although that's why I don't work with children. Um but that's just bias. I mean, there's no I mean, people have been having gay sex forever. Um Yeah. Literally. It's just bias that people grow up with thinking that this is natural. I hate that word. Natural. Look, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just bias, mostly religious bias. So people read yeah. the Bible. I've never read the Bible. But so I hear yeah. people Lucky. say <laughs> the Bible doesn't talk about gay sex. So if the Bible doesn't no. talk about gay sex, then, you know, right. it must be a mystery or some kind of yeah. disease, right? Um, right? But no, I mean, I don't. I don't really actually know the history of when gay sex was first identified. Is that even? A I thing? feel
0: like it had to start and with like gay. protozoas, like little yeah. Like I've seen memes before that humans existed. That, yeah.
1: <laughs> or I love the memes where it's like they're not gay, they're just friends, and they're like oh, each other.
0: Classic. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, but this is how um, culture really shapes sex and sexuality and the way we understand it, and you know how politics shape the way we think politics and shape science and um, et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that being gay was a disease for a yeah. while. You know, these are the things that um, really um, impact how we understand our bodies and how we use them and right. how we have ad- the opinions we oppress other people with um, based on what we think is true. Um, and it's just bullshit. It's all wrong.
0: Yeah. It's just I all remember. Cultural. Right. I remember the, f- I remember like, as far as I can remember being bi and there wasn't like this really like awakening, it just always felt like a part of me as far back as I can remember. And I often have said on the podcast, like I I did everything with a woman before I ever did with a man, but I didn't really like I'm making air quotes count it because I was so told that like sex is this one thing, penetration, penis, and vagina. And then now, you know, 30 years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these other iterations that people are so lucky to be learning that, sex doesn't necessarily have to involve any of those things um i wanted to ask if someone is exploring and having sex with someone of the same sexuality of the first time or or the same genitalia or same identity as them for the first time how can we get over that fear of like i feel like i don't know what i'm doing because i've been told or seen in media or porn that sex goes like one way
1: like two pumps penis and vagina <laughs> and then an orgasm um, yes. <laughs> well i mean the the fear i mean i still have sexual fear i think that the challenge is that you know it's kind of like how do i feel less anxious in relationships it's like well
0: mm.
1: you know you're, you're going to feel anxious yeah. You just have to deal with it. Um, yeah. I, and I don't mean to be <laughs> dismissive, like, just deal with it. That's the but, truth. <laughs> um, to some extent, if we're queer, living in a heteronormative world, and even, you know, straight, cis straight people have sexual fear. I mean, everyone has sexual fear. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that is fear-based when it comes to sex. You know, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So one, it's normal, you know, it's just going to happen. But two, because queers don't necessarily aren't watching TV and seeing queer sex without mm-hmm. feeling ashamed of themselves if someone else is in the room,
0: Confidant, sober girlies, are you looking to cut back or cut Takearecess. slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with Heritage bootmaking. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacovas is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west.
1: Oh, straight. Um, it's going to trigger all of that stuff, all of that shame, all of that fear, and everything. Um, mm. So uh, the way that you deal with it is you really kind of just need to have a lot of sex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: no, actually. Yes. yes. I mean, you, you need to have practice. Um, mm. you know, it's like, it's like dancing. If you suck at dancing, which I do, I'm like, Elaine I on cycle, it, I just yeah. kind of like, twitch. <laughs> um, but you need to practice, you know, you need to practice mm. and you need to learn. Um, and you need to think about what you want to do. Um, and, but this is where a little effort goes a long way. And why I like doing sex therapy is that, you know, mm oftentimes when it comes to like depression or anxiety, sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, the shit we kind of have to learn how to manage and cope with mm. forever. Um, not to sound too hopeless, but um, no. when it comes to sex, you know, the, we can learn specific things. We can work through our shame. We can work through the experience of living in a heteronormative world, um, internalized queer, trans gay mm. homophobia, mm. et cetera. We can learn about mm. our bodies, feel better connected to their genitals in ways that feel powerful. Mm um mm. learn to love our genitals i don't even mm. like the word genital we need to invent mm. a different word um that <laughs> it, it describes worst. all parts yeah. of pleasure yeah. um it's a terrible <laughs> work um yeah so a, like a lot of learning thing. a lot of unlearning um and then a lot of practice um mm. and if you kind of do that stuff the fear will go away i think the other right. challenge though is if you're single it can be hard to seek out sex um, mm. in a way that makes you feel comfortable, especially if it's mm. with different people. I'm not discouraging that. What I am just saying is that, you know, when it comes to feeling uninhibited and being able mm. to explore what's erotic and fun and pleasurable and comfortable and making noises and mm. being stupid and messing up mm. and et cetera, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that can be hard to do when you're doing that with like, you know, multiple different people. Sometimes it can be yeah. helpful to do that in a context of a safe relationship where you're not mm. freaked out about, oh my God, do they even like me? Are they going to reject me, Etc. Um mm. But that's not to say that you can't practice with casual sex either um but that's sometimes a lot of the clients i see they're like well i mean i need to do this but i don't really want to i don't know ask this random person to fist me i I kind of want someone who i feel comfortable (laughs)
0: with Um, yeah the guy on the app down the street who i might run into i don't want to go to the back
1: of the pickup truck
0: and like no (laughs) triggering triggering
1: yeah Um, i do though
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, that's a a fantasy. This might be horrible advice, but I was a big fan, I mean, since COVID, I have to say was a big fan of sex parties and group Mm. activities and... I felt like that was such an easy way to go be a fly on the wall and see how certain things are done. And especially in the kink world, I could literally go with a mask and a wig on and like take notes. And I wasn't a freak. <laughs> I was actually a voyeur and I was like sexy and like Wait, a fly on the wall. Were you actually taking notes or? <laughs> I brought out my, my, uh, typewriter at, no, they take your phones at the door. So, oh. um, uh, but like mentally I was like, okay, next time I come, I'm well. No pun intended. Next time I go to one of these events, I'm going well, I'm to- I'm glad to hear you came. Yeah. It, it's a great time. It's like, I'm going to try, you know, the St. Andrew's cross or like, I'm going to do it with these girls who seem to be like giggling in the corner who also don't know what they're doing. Or, you know, I'd run into a couple in the closet who was like, this is my first time. Ah! And, and it felt like, I don't know if that's a, a good piece of advice, bad piece of advice, but I think sex parties are such a great uh, learning ground, but also like, it's the expert dome too, right? Like you could see amateurs and pro in all of, in one setting. (laughs) Pro
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a normalizing experience, you know, where it's kind of like um, exposure therapy. (laughs) You can face your fears um, and they're normalized because there's so many people who are pursuing, enjoying and having experiences that, you know, you maybe Mm. thought about. That's cool.
0: Um, I want to talk about, so you mentioned, you have I've actually sex never purposes. been to a sex party. Oh. What? You haven't?
1: No. Sorry. I didn't mean to I say that was such
0: surprise, but why not?
1: I'm basically a virgin. Um, <laughs> virginity doesn't exist as a social construct. Thank um, you. I don't know. I don't even like parties. Um, I get, I get socially overwhelmed. It's not, it's
0: not a thing I guess for me. Surprisingly, I, do you live in LA or New York? Both. Oh, Okay. In L.A., at least, I can't speak to New York because the buildings are so much smaller. But in L.A., it's so spread out. And surprisingly, you can go the whole <laughs> night without talking to anybody. Like, I've oh, been sometimes where I'm like, Maybe I should go is then. anyone going to approach me? Is anyone going <laughs> to, you know, want to diddle my doodles? No? Okay. I'm just going to walk my around. And... That
1: sounds so cute.
0: <laughs> it That's going to be cute. the
1: title of my book. Do oh,
0: my yeah. Book. There you go. I'll take only 2%. Thank uh, you. Okay, wait, okay. so I want to go, you talked about how you have online sex courses that come with oh, yeah. community chats and group mm-hmm. processing, which you call mm, yeah. your secret sauce. So first, can you tell me about like sure. what exactly the courses are and then how group processing for sex therapy can be helpful? Because I have i don't think I've ever done that unless you count the sex parties, but that it's, wasn't really anyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a group process, just a different, a different in a, expression. In
0: a form. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a process group, but you're having sex during it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, my core is the courses. They're like programs. Um, it's actually really cool. The group sessions. So every month I do, it's like group therapy and people come and they talk about whatever they're going through. I have two, two programs, one's for sex, called Sex Sessions and one is for relationships called Love Lessons, Mm. Um, but so both groups come and we meet and people just talk. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like a call-in show, but it's a a group (laughs) therapy or a webinar where there's participation. Mm. Um, So someone will share their experience, you know, I'm really having, I really want to explore this kink with my partner and I don't know how to do it. Or my partner wants to do this and I don't want to do it. Or a couple will come on and say, we're trying to explore sex. And this shame stuff comes up and shuts us down. And Mm. I'll ask them more questions about, okay, well, what's coming up? Like, what um, has been your history? You know, what was it Mm. like at the beginning? What is masturbation like? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, It's cool. Uh, And people are really open and they share. Some people don't put on their videos. Some people do put on their videos. Some people just ask questions in a chat box, Um, but it's super Mm. cool. Um, and like everything people bring up is something that I've gone through. I know that Mm. most of my clients have gone through. Um, and, and I think that's a really helpful component of the sessions, because as you were describing with the sex parties, um, it's really normalizing, you know, when you're hearing someone describe something that you're going through exactly. And you're like, oh my God, me too. Um, especially when it comes to sex. Um, especially when we all have this fucked up history with learning about, you know, all these horrible myths about sex. Um, it's so helpful to hear people share their stories. Um yeah. so yeah, a group experience directly yeah. when it comes to having sex or talking about <laughs> it um can be really powerful.
0: I had never thought about that, but like the truth is some of the most eye-opening conversations I've had has been in like a group of my friends or like, you know, My, my, um, all women, uh, text chain is very different from like my all queer text chain, whenever we're talking about sex and like those experiences are so different. And I think it's so important to get that like diversity of conversation. And it just made me think of a question. Like, who do you think is better at sex, gay people or straight people? or who has less I don't anxiety want to say this around while sex. We're recording.
1: Um I just feel bad for straight people. Um no, that's so uh, terrible to say. So I our, to. Our I take it back. Very gay. Out. Okay, great. Um no, I mean I think every single person has sexual issues.
0: Mhm.
1: Cis straight Period. men have sexual yep. issues.
0: Many. Yeah. <laughs> just
1: yeah. as much as queer people do. However, yeah. um depending on your identity, there are, you're going to have more issues Yeah. so you know the layering of identities um mm-hmm. you know when it becomes this intersectional experience can be really challenging because you know you grow up in a society yeah. that tells you you're worthless or that you're um mm. less than or that your pleasure isn't mm. important or or, or mm. you know it's going to be extra challenging but everybody has and needs to work through sexual issues to some extent
0: yeah and i um, think yeah
1: but i find that straight people unfortunately well no okay
0: <laughs>
1: mm, I'm just going to say, yes, I think st- right straight thing. people, straight couples are talking much less about sex at the beginning, um, because there you go. for straight people, they grow up being programmed to think about relationships, marriage, children a traditional trajectory towards relationships. And there's also, um, I mean, for cis straight people, there's also a gender dynamic where mm-hmm. there's a, this real perceived lack of safety and um, real mm. desire not to encroach on people's sense of comfort and safety. Um, and so there's a lot that gets unspoken for a lot of straight couples compared to a lot of queer couples, um, you know, that's in a non-traditional trajectory, mm-hmm. um, or grew up with that thought, you know, that start talking about sex from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but not all the time. There's no kind of universal thing, but that's what I find sure. most at least in my practice is that a lot of the gay couples, specifically the gay men that I see talk about sex right away.
0: Right. It seems all, like, I do wonder why that is where it feels so much. <sighs> I don't want to like stereotype a group. So like the gay men are not. I know that's the challenge, but (laughs) but,
1: but some stereotypes are true. The gay men talk about sex. I think a lot more cis gay men. And
0: it seems less intimidating to talk about as well. Like it it doesn't have the weight that maybe a, uh, like a woman approaching a man to talk about, a a sexual fear might be and again i live in los angeles in west hollywood i'm also talking about it from a very like niche point of view but i just wish there was do you think it's because it's a man talking to a man about sex that it seems so much easier
1: um, well, I think everybody's different. I mean, and the other thing though, is that it's not to say that this is inherently based on gender or sexuality. This is based mm. on the culture of gender and sexuality. So there's a big difference. You know, it's not saying that men, cis men or any type of man more than any type of woman. It's cultural. Um, mm. so there's no like inherent, like men are se- more sexually driven than women. That's all crap. Um, yeah. Uh, it's cultural, um, but I think it's just because there's a, a much different culture with gay men around casual sex that many gay yeah. men meet for casual sex. I love how we're talking about this, like many gay men. Meet. <laughs> 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 um, casual sex is much more common in certain communities. So because of that, yeah, there's more conversation about it.
0: Yeah. Um, you said something I, I want to skip ahead to uh, a philosophy I read on your website that said, you're not fucked up, your culture is. And you kind of just spoke a little bit about that. But yeah. what, what can, how can we dive into that a little bit more? What do you mean by that?
1: Um, well, I don't know. I found that after doing therapy for a while, I found that people think that they're like specifically fucked up. They have this experience and it's them and they did this terrible thing and they're this terrible person or whatever. Um, and that's not even being cartoonish about it. People are mm-hmm. convinced um, when they experience normal challenges that they're fucked up. Um, but so I realized very quickly that I'm not really big into biology (laughs) and, um, but, (laughs) but I think we all grow up thinking that, you know, who we are is our genetics and like, you know, we have these biological disorders and whatever, when the reality is they're all just a kind of cultural constructs of, um, certain ways of understanding ourselves. Um, and I think they're highly problematic. Um, so there's that part of how we understand ourselves, but then there's also parts of the world in terms of all of these toxic aspects of our cultures, in terms of racism and homophobia and transphobia and sexism, and misogyny, mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, et and cetera. Um, that really change how we see ourselves, um, mm-hmm. and create some of those feelings of I'm not good enough. I like value. No, one's going to love me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm anxious to be in this group of people because what if they find out that, um, mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. blah. So those thoughts, I think, are specifically created by the world we live in. It's cold. Mm. It's uninviting. It's unloving. It doesn't provide us with the education we need to love ourselves Mm -hmm. um, or to help ourselves, love other people um, Mm. or to fuck or anything. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that's that's what I mean. So long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I'm reading um Michael Pollan's uh I think it's called How to Change Your Mind and it's mm. all about this guy learning about um about psychedelic therapy so he does LSD, mushrooms and um MEO5DMT the toad. Um but in traditional the psychedelic therapy they allow 3 days for the experience and on the first day They have the client or patient take MDMA to break down the barrier between client and patient to allow what they say is like five years of therapy in one day so that the next day when they do their LSD, it's a lot less scary, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking last night about how I felt like that could be used in sex therapy where someone might be so terrified to come to a sex therapist and say like here are my most shameful deepest fears or inadequacies and i just really need some mo- i need us to do molly together before i can like say that to someone not me personally i have no shame and no fear about this conversation but how do you You're like i'm
1: on molly right now <laughs>
0: I'm high yeah um how do you, you help break down those barriers for someone starting sex therapy where you're like do you know are you like you're not you're not going all the way there you're not digging deep enough or are people just like so here's a photo of my penis um this is the problem <laughs> here's my partner you know like how, how, in your experience what are you seeing uh,
1: no dick pics and such. <laughs> no um no dick pics, um, but I do accept dick pics from people that aren't my clients.
0: There you go. I
1: love a good sext. Um, we love that. Uh, no, I mean, everybody feels so uncomfortable, um, but I, um, I'm very gentle. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, know. I mean, it's what I do. So I have a way of talking to people. I have questions. I really try to use humor a lot because, you know, we're talking about sex, not cancer. Um, I try okay. to make it fun. Um, I notice, you know, many, when I start asking questions, many people turn bright red, um, Mm -hmm. and I'll notice, I'm like, so it seems like you're a little red. (laughs) Um, we talk about the discomfort. Um, but I don't think I, I, I've had a session where we talk about sex where someone hasn't felt uncomfortable. Um, Mm. because the reality is most people aren't asked directly, like, where did you learn how to masturbate? Like, they don't even think about it. So they're being asked questions they've never thought about um sometimes Mm. non-sexual like you know i don't know what was pleasure like with your like did you have fun with your mother as a child Mm. um you know sometimes that makes people feel very uncomfortable so you know (laughs) in therapy we're asked and being asked um questions that are new um yeah some things when it comes to sex are particularly scary for people um but then there are sure some people that are just like my dick curves to the left and uh, <laughs> it's hard to fuck my partner is a total bottom. And I just don't want to do it and I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, but I think everyone feels uncomfortable talking about sex
0: that you bring up such a good point that you say you've never had you know, a session or, or maybe a like client relationship where it doesn't become awkward at some point, because like you said, the conversation often goes beyond physical sex. Most often goes on beyond physical sex, I, I imagine. And yeah. you got to get to those, like, subconscious things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's also, so, so many people are so afraid of being judged. Um, mm, you know, big time. I'm going to think they're crazy or fucked up or weird or reject them in one way or another. Um, and it's just a reflection of how I think we're also judged. Um, yeah so um <laughs> by the world and our partners and our family and we just kind of acclimate to a sense of okay i'm going to be judged so i can't i'm not going to to share everything right um which is kind of which is a bummer but it's the reality
0: i feel that way about talking about having sex with a trans person because i mm-hmm. am my bisexual pansexual whatever you want to call it and I grew up in a society where no one was out as being trans. No one was talking about it. It wasn't until I moved to New York and then Los Angeles. And now I find myself feeling that fear again of like a kid about to have sex for the first time and feel like they don't have any idea what they're doing just because purely it's another stage of experiencing a new part of sex though. I claim to be such a sex sexpert, you know, or, or very, uh, non-traditional, not shameful about talking about it, but I find that that's something I'm worried about for fear of being judged for sure. not only by the therapist, but that am I going to recognize some sort of internalized transphobia. And so I'd rather just not talk about it, keep it down, keep just waiting until the next something to pop up to, to talk about it. Right. Like I, it's not only the fear of someone else judging me, but me judging myself, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's the, the way you see other people seeing you is about you. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it's the fear of being judged because you've, you're mm. judging yourself. Um, mm. But also what I find is that when people start talking about it after a couple of sessions, it's like, you know, talking about the weather. Um, right. So, you know, it's just important to push through that discomfort. And therapy mm. is a really great place to do that as opposed to maybe mm. if you're with a friend that you don't particularly trust or you just want mm. your own space to do that
0: right because you're literally um, paying for the space <laughs> that's a good no, point you're like, like there for should it. be getting like something use out the of fucking it
1: space. Yeah.
0: yeah amen um i saw you repost something yesterday or two days ago and i thought it was so fucking funny where it was like um if you like the show euphoria you're gonna love therapy <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> So good. I and wish I, I could create these memes. They're you so do. so great. I just, I didn't I like mean, that.
0: No, I know, but like you do create very viral not, repostable content. Sure,
1: but not not those funny memes. Like I wish I could be funny like that, but I'm
0: just you're very. But funny.
1: so good. Also, so that I, can, good. I love Euphoria, but I can barely tolerate it. It's so disturbing to me. Like I, I just, really. They're all so hot, and it's like a great story, but like I don't know.
0: I grew up in Florida, like I mentioned, Florida, and this was yeah exactly my high school experience like same I'm which like, is why i'm like
1: i'm triggered i don't want to watch this like <laughs> i lived well, through this like I don't. it's
0: bringing up a lot for me right like it, it so is it is therapy up, then yes it is therapeutic maybe you menaces. should watch
1: it with your therapist oh,
0: God. she seems very busy i don't know she's I, I have another lady therapist um uh she we don't really I don't see a sex therapist right now, but I would like to get back into it as the world opens back up. I think that is a goal of mine this year. If while we're getting safer with seeing people and strangers, just to let you okay. know. Sure. <laughs> um,
1: um Why wait?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels safer. It feels safer to use the excuse of COVID than being like, I'd rather challenge myself in my relationship again. Not necessarily challenge, no. but like grow well, through something with a relationship. It's not really, I mean, we've, we've, we've done everything. You but, can
1: do it whenever you want.
0: Yeah. But it, it's,
1: do it virtually. You don't have to see a therapist in person.
0: Oh, hundred percent. I'm never going into a therapist's office again. I will only. I, I don't have my office anymore. But yeah. Well, um, it's, it seems. No. It's so like a waste of money. And if you don't have to deal with parking in Los Angeles and New York. No, thanks. <sighs> I would I would only do online therapy for the rest of my life. This episode is not sponsored by BetterHelp, but y'all know that that's my favorite recommendation is online therapy where I can do it in my bed with it's Oreos. so much easier. And like, so
1: much more comfortable, Oreos.
0: Yeah. I had my therapist though tell me though, that one time she did get a session where the guy wouldn't turn on his camera and she's like, turn on your camera. Like, why, why are you being weird? And he was in the bathtub. <laughs> that's and kind she of was like okay never mind turn your camera <laughs> she's like wow you really can do therapy from fucking anywhere
1: <laughs> yeah that's crazy I think that's i'm gonna... him that sounds really comforting yeah and that's like self-care therapy, a warm hug calming warm one. hug all at once wow
0: yeah um i can't believe we've already been talking for so long but i want to wrap up and time ask time. like what do you see Maybe not only for yourself, but the community as a whole, as the future of sex therapy. What do you hope for? What do you what are you seeing happen?
1: Well, I mean I think the community for sex therapy, for sex therapists, um, compared to just for sexuality and sexual expression. I mean, I think it's just that we're gonna I mean I, I we're in a great place um when it comes to sex, that we're talking about it more thankfully. Um, you know, there are like memes about sex now, whereas mm. before memes, you know, we couldn't look find <laughs> this stuff anywhere, even if you were like, intentionally looking for it. So right. um I think the more we're bombarded with some of this stuff, um, the better. Um yeah. and I think we're just going to hopefully normalize um a variety of genders and sexual expressions it, which is what I'm most excited about, um, you know, in terms of gender and sexuality. Yeah. Um, But I think these sexual scripts, these heteronormative sexual scripts, are going to persist for a long time. Like yeah. the idea of sex is penetration. I, 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 that's is I don't think that's ever going to go away. Yeah. Um, which is so heteronormative and so much based on just getting pregnant. That's just right. ridiculous. But still, people are like, we didn't have sex, and I'm like. Well, you didn't fuck you didn't do what do you mean yeah um right oral sex i mean so some of these sexual scripts i think are going to persist but i'm really excited about mm. um you know th- how normalized and um celebrated of you know diversity has become sexually because um, mm. i think that has a trickle-down effect for people regardless of their sexual expression uh, so i think that's right. pretty cool i'm really excited about that and also it helps yeah. people feel um less shameful and loving themselves uh, and empowered. So um, that will have a big impact on people's overall wellness. Um, but so yes. uh, I'm excited for that. I think that's that's the future.
0: Yeah. Queers. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. excited for the next generation. They're carrying us, you know, I feel like they're the ones breaking I mean, so much. I mean, seriously.
1: Every generation does something the... that breaks
0: the door wide open for the next one, right? It's like, don't forget about your elders, okay? <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah. Seriously.
0: Well, Todd, thank you so much for doing this. Where can the confidants follow you, find you, sign up for courses?
1: Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at YourDiagnonsense. Um, and there are links to my website and courses. I would spell out my website, but unfortunately, I picked my name, which was dumb. I should have done like blueyellow.com, but <laughs> it's my full name, which is ToddAsparis.com. Um, so check it's, me out on Instagram yeah. at YourDiagnonsense
0: your diagnosis. Awesome. Well, Mm confidants. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to rate this on five, five stars. I was gonna say, Todd, believe it or not, this podcast gets over 20,000 listens a week. And we only have 1000 reviews on iTunes. And I think that math does not pan out. Why are people not rating? I'm
1: not good at math. But I can tell that doesn't sound right.
0: That's a yeah. Confidance. Why are you? We can rate on Spotify yeah. now. We can rate on podcasts. So just take a moment. Pause this I'm right now. go
1: do that right now. Oh,
0: my God. Todd, I fucking love you. You're the best. Um, so besides that, thank you so much. And <clears throat> we will see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Thank y'all.